0: Pastor Bill asked me, I want you to do the finale of You Got This. We've been studying about Hezekiah. He's like, I want you to put a beautiful bow on it, and I would love for you to discuss our spiritual growth model, the you, through your lens, Dante. I was like, love to, love to. And so I began reminiscing. You know, he said, talk about the you through your unique lens, your perspective. And so when you think about my perspective, I showed up here at Church Limited in 2008 2008, and it began to think about all the things that God has done. I remember being over a decade ago, some of y'all who've been here for a moment may remember this, I mean, I remember wrapping my heart out in this very place right here, you know, and I'm not even a rapper, I'm just a guy who can rap, like, in, in case of emergency, you know, <laughs> I'm your guy, if you ever need, if that ever comes up, you know, um, God can use anything, you know. <laughs> even all my years of MTV and BET. You know, God will use that too if you let him, you know. And I remember thinking about these moments and I remember thinking about feeling inspired to give a message much like today and wanting to start with the Rocky theme. And I remember playing Rocky and really feeling inspired by that to give that to you all. And I remember shadow boxing in the same stage with Eminem's Lose Yourself Behind Me and shadow boxing the devil, metaphorically. And um, I'm not even a boxer either. But I'll just do my my best Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya impersonation, you know? And I thought about all that God has done since 2008. But every story has an origin, right? And as God has moved and there's just been, you know, it's life. So there's ups and there's downs and there's all and all around. But this is what I really, really remember when I look back. And I brought this chair on the stage. Um, And sit in it with you. Same chair that many of you all are sitting in, especially if you're a church limited, Rodfield or Padre Island, Rockport, Stone Oak. I remember sitting in this chair in 2008. And I was a young single man, younger, maybe better looking. I don't know. Let my wife be the the decider of that. But I was just a young man that was that was far from God, and who did not have a church home and if i was honest with you i i felt broken and i was i didn't know anybody in this house of god this place we call church and i remember just needing to hear from god but what i really remember is i remember making a decision church i remember making one simple decision because to be honest I just wanted the pain to stop. I just wanted to not hurt. I did not realize that it was like a spiritual decision that I was making, but I sat in that chair in 2008 and it was very straightforward and it was very simple. I said, God, I'm gonna choose and make a decision to be in your house. Come rain, Come shine, too thick, too thin, I will be in your house. One decision that I made over and over and over, I wouldn't even say it was to grow closer to God at that point. It was to stop the bleeding in my life. But there is power, church. Church Unlimited Online. There is profound power in making one spiritual decision. In the chair that you are sitting in right now. So if you're in Rockport Fulton or you're Church Unlimited Rodfield, I'm sitting in the exact same chair that you were literally sitting in. We are in the presence of God. One choice. To stop the pain. Literally changed the trajectory. And my life dynamically changed. I'm going to encourage you. I don't know if it's going to be big or small church. To make a decision. Because we're going to look at Hezekiah And he made one choice, and it changed everything. Let's jump in. You see, Hezekiah, as Pastor Bill has already said, 25 years old, became the king of Judah. At 25 years old, he would reign for 29 years, nearly three decades. But what we don't know is how unlikely church that actually was. You see, the nation was actually full of people who were simply, if I put it simple, simply being disobedient to God. They were more interested, instead of praising our Lord God, they were more interested in worshiping false gods. Images of Baal and and setting asherah poles in which prostitutes would dance. Blatant unfaithfulness. In fact, it says this, I want to, Read through you read it to you fairly quickly. It says this in Second Chronicles twenty nine, seven through nine, this is what Hezekiah actually inherited is that they also shut down the doors to the temple, that's the house of God, to the temple's entry room. They snuffed out the lamps, they stopped burning incense and presenting burnt offerings at the sanctuary of the God of Israel. And that is why the Lord's anger has fallen upon Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread, horror, and ridicule, as you can see with your own eyes. Because of this, our fathers have been killed in battle, and our sons and daughters and wives have been captured. To put this, to sum this up, you have a nation in free fall. You see the reference to fathers and sons and daughters. You see families that are suffering. As I thought about it, it really is a macro version, church, of exactly what we experience when I choose to live in sin. You were just seeing a nation represent the consequences and the results of disobedience and sin. You see, when I think about sin, I think of a, a heaviness that I wear. I think of it as tiring. When I really think about it and I analyze it, I think of it as mentally very draining. And then I see sin being utilized. The devil uses it then to lie to me and uses it to make me feel even more shameful than I already feel. And I know it's a sobering thought, but the devil's also a thief. And he will then use that sin, and maybe you can relate. He will use it to steal your time. Over and over and over. And then he will use it through things such as shame and regret. He has used it to steal my confidence. And if he steals my confidence, he can then have access to my dreams. And he will gladly steal that as well. I know it's a very sobering thought, but it's true. The Bible literally says he comes to seek and destroy and devour. Those are the true consequences of sin. I know it's sobering. And I really felt called in this moment. I needed to share a moment with our men for just a moment, man, I, mean, I know needed to tell y'all: if he, if the devil wants to take out a family, he's going to come after you. He's going to come after you, men. See, the Bible assigns you as the head of the household. And I'll put it to you like this, very privilege and honor to, to officiate weddings, and I did one last Saturday night in downtown Corpus Christi. And it's always a privilege and an honor, but it's also a beautiful reminder to me of what marriage truly is. You see, I share this verse when I marry someone, a, a groom and a bride, I say this from Ephesians. It says that the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands, and everything. But for husbands, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. We don't like hearing all the word submit many times. You see, it says, so your wife submit to your husbands. It says that, church. But, guys and gentlemen, You may be assigned as the head of the household, but God is supposed to be the head of you. You see, it says wives submit, but it's to a man who is submitted to God. It is a man who is submitted to God. And so, church, I need to tell you, gentlemen, for just one more moment here. My wife is on the front row right here. My wife is depending on me to be submitted to God. Your wife, if you're single, your future wife, is depending on you. My daughter is depending on me. Your children are depending on you. I don't do a perfect job. My wife will be the first to tell you that. But I'm striving. I'm striving, and I'm in this journey to honor God. God. Men, I would implore you to do the same. God's really, really moving in our church's heart to pour into you, gentlemen. I'm going to throw out this really quick. There's a sa- I want you to save this date. We're going to have a man-up event, September the 29th. The details are still being materialized. But this is for you, men, because we all need to step up. We need to honor God. The kingdom of God and its growth is dependent on all of us. But this one is for you because we want to partner with you, gentlemen. And I want to let you know, and I know I'm just being very straightforward, our families are depending on us. So it's time to honor God. It really is. When we look at the scripture, you see King Hezekiah simply wanted to honor God despite the turmoil and sin around him. And this is what he did. It says this in Second Chronicles chapter twenty nine verses two and three it said he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight church. If you're anything like me, when I'm in turmoil, when things get tough, to do what is pleasing in the Lord's sight is among the hardest things to do. but Hezekiah did just that' that he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight just as his ancestor David had done. In the very first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. Simply put, he chose obedience. He reopened the doors to this house of God, to the church. Obedience is not always easy. And sometimes it is rarely easy. But it can change everything, church. So in this moment, much like Hezekiah did, I want to lovingly encourage and implore you, regardless of what, you, what situation you may find yourself in, you may find yourself in a mess of sin. If we were honest, we have all been there. You may find yourself in a bit of turmoil. If we were all honest, we have all been there. But you can choose obedience. And you can begin today. We can choose to get back up we can make a spiritual decision today. See, church, I hope that we will aim to please God. And I hope you follow a model. Because at Church Unlimited, we do have a spiritual growth model that you can be a part of. And it's entitled The You. You'll see it on the screens here throughout the message. It's you attend, you serve, you group, you tithe, you bring. It is the lifeblood of everything that we are. I want to encourage you, even in this moment in which God moves, and as you sit in that chair, as you sit in that seat, or maybe on that couch at Church Limited Online, that you would ask yourself, where am I as it pertains to the you? And what is my next step that I could take? Because one decision can begin to change everything. I sat in a chair and simply decided to attend every single week. I had no idea that it would begin to change my life. But you see on that, on that you to serve, you see when I, did, when I decided to attend, I realized that this life isn't supposed to be just about me. I didn't know what it was like to, to volunteer or to serve you. And therefore I didn't really know the joy that I could receive. So when I stepped up and I was like, I just want to grow closer to Christ, what do I do? And I was advised why don't you step up and volunteer and simply serve in his house? I knew what it was like, basically, not to serve anybody. And I had the results to show for that. And I'm not lying when I tell each and every single one of you that when I volunteered, it blew my mind. Because when you're far from God, you don't understand how much joy, like you have no idea that I was just giving to grow closer to God. I had no idea how much it would give back to me how would you have any idea of something you've never done? And because I was still growing in my relationship with Jesus, with Jesus, I didn't quite know what that looked like. But as I grew, I began to realize, of course it would give back like that. Because as a Christian, that's what I was designed to do. I was saved by Jesus to serve. And I realized that by serving, I was literally right in the middle of God's will for my life. That is a Christian, this is the way it was always supposed to be. I want to show you in Scripture, because we read in the Gospel of Mark, it says this, chapter 10, verses 45. For even the Son of Man, this is Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was the ultimate example. We should all be striving to be like Christ. So I want to ask you, church, whether you may be sitting in Padre Island, Rockport Fulton, Stone Oak. Guys, I cannot imagine as I look upon these hundreds and hundreds, and even online, all the gifts, all the talents. We all have a combination of artistry, of creativity, of skill sets. Maybe it's an entrepreneurial skill set of what it may be. Guys, God has given you that, and it is meant to be given back to the world to glorify Him. What are you doing with your time, with your gifts, with your talents? Are you giving it to serve others and grow this kingdom of God? Because it was not meant to be held onto. It was meant to be put out into this world. If you do not know, find out your combination. What makes you uniquely you? What puts the wind in your proverbial sails? What do people compliment and say? Man, you're just so good at that. What comes easy to you? As I look at all these Kids Unlimited t-shirts, maybe it's just a sheer love for children and raising up the next generation. Maybe it is a love for people. We have a place to serve. And it's not in this house of God. I hope that it's outside these walls and it's serving the community. But I will tell you, you were saved to serve. And the older I get, church, and I hope you feel me on this, I realize that the time is short. That years have taught me that when I was young, I felt like I had so much time. And I realize that the time is shorter than I realized that I should live on mission, that I should utilize what God has given me. And it's usually only a couple of things, church, that you can set back and give to the world so you can serve others, love God, and love people. At the end of the day, even as a pastor, it's very simple. You're supposed to love God and love people. And if you walk in this path of the you and you attend and if you serve, you see, you run into the things of God when you're simply making yourself available to him, church. Because then what happened to me, then there will be somebody who walks and taps you on a shoulder and says, you really should join this life group. And It would blow my mind because, and some of y'all may have heard me say this before, because it was a Friday night life group. And it blew my mind because I didn't know that people read the Bible on Friday night. <laughs> I, that sounds super unspiritual but it also lets you know where I was. I almost had to hold back a chuckle. I was like, people do this on Friday night. Are you serious? Because all I knew was going out and going to the movies and whatever I felt like doing. And I remember being scared to go to a life group because I was afraid of you. I was afraid that you would judge me. I remember, I remember literally seeing a visual picture of my Bible and literally thinking about the dust on the Bible, and having to go like, and literally like this, because I hadn't been to a Bible study or life group of any sort, and I was afraid of your judgment, because I literally thought that you would see like the sin dripping off me, and if I was really honest, you would like that the person, that they would know where I was just weeks prior, that's how I really felt about going to a life group but I took a step of faith. It was just a little uncomfortable, but that's the beauty of pain and hurt that I wanted something different for my life. And so I remember going to this Friday night life group. I remember speaking to some guy named Moose and I was like, oh my gosh, I'd like to be this hulk of a man that was gonna be like, <laughs> you know, introduce me to this life group. And I remember stopping at the corner store and chugging a Mountain Dew so that I could have a personality to talk to you all. And so I could be charismatic, you know, because I didn't know any of you all. And I was scared. And I remember driving to Padre Islands. I remember going up three flights of stairs. And now my heart is beating. And I don't know if it's because I'm nervous and because I drank a whole Mountain Dew. And I was just like, all these things. That's how it really was. But little did I know that that was the next spiritual decision that would completely, completely change my life. And God would show up in an instant. I didn't know that that same chugging, heart beating out of my chest night. (laughs) didn't even sound true. But I would see a girl with these beautiful, big blue eyes. Who's sitting on the front row right now. That that would be the same night that I would meet my future wife. And I was scared. Not of her, but of that moment. And it's not a fairy tale. So I can't tell. And I knew it from the moment I saw her. It would take years. But I realized with this chair. Mm -hmm. See, I realized that when I took that seat, that, that church happens in rows But dynamic life change, dynamic life change happens in circles. And I wasn't ready for my wife in that moment, but I would grow as a man of God. I would grow and begin to learn what it's like to be a husband. And guys, I would grow in relationships relationships that were also striving to honor God, and that would completely reshape my life. And as I did that, and as I sat in that life group, God would slowly unearth my God-given destiny, which was a call into the ministry. Are you making yourself available to step into your God-given destiny, church? It's one spiritual decision at a time to attend, to serve, to group. And as I did that, I realized that everything that I had any gift, any talent, any resource I realized that everything was from God. And when I realized that, I understood what it was, I understood what giving was all about. That if He gave me the 100% of everything that I have, how could I not give back the biblical 10%? How can I not give back the biblical tithe, which is mentioned in the Old Testament and the New Testament, not only as a way to honor God, but as a way to build the kingdom of God to accomplish our mission, to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. I realized that the richest life that I could live was a life of generosity. And that that too would give back that I wanted a blessing over all that I had. So it would not always be easy, church. But I would learn to tithe. And that I would even learn to give above the tithe and give an offering. And I would never ever look back. That I put him to the test, as it says in scripture. I wanted to read that to you. This may be the step for some of you all. It says this in Malachi. "Is to bring all the, sti- all the tithes. Into the storehouse. So there will be enough food in my temple. It's the house of God. If you do, says the Lord of heaven armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. It says, try it. Put me to the test. Put me to the test. The truth of the matter, church, is God is actually trying to get a blessing to you. I know it involves a release of resource. But God is trying to get a blessing to you by putting a blessing over everything that you earn. I pray that you will take him at his word, and that takes faith. But it says, try it. Put me to the test. It is one spiritual decision to a spiritual breakthrough. To attend, to serve, to group, to give. I need to let you know the greatest way to change everything, guys, is even in this moment, is to make a spiritual decision. What is God telling you right now? Because I know he gave us this word. Church Unlimited Online, what is God telling you right now? wherever you may sit. You see, Hezekiah said this, but now I will make a covenant. I will make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. It says, my sons do not neglect, do not neglect your duties any longer. The Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him and to lead the people in worship and present offerings to him. Church Unlimited, our lives do not change unless we make a new decision. I repeat myself, our lives do not change unless we make a new decision. And I need to let you know this, the last part of the you is you bring. To reflect the heart of God, is to bring people to his church. Maybe this one is for you. I hope that we will all reprioritize our role in bringing someone to church. It's not always easy, but God wants to see his children in his house. I have those awkward moments too when i in a Taco Bell drive through and I get my tacos and I'm saying, like, I don't know if you have a church home But if you don't, I just wanted to hand you this invitation. I have those awkward moments, too, when I get a haircut and then I'm sitting in my Toyota Camry outside of the haircut spot. And then I'm like, I need to go back in. Because that hairstylist may not know Jesus. And I know that hairstylist has a son and a daughter. And that this one invite could change her life and therefore generations if I will ask the God inside me to embolden me to work past this little awkward moment and just hand an invitation. I pray that you would take a step of faith because God wants to see his children in his house. I'll put it to you like this. I was reminded in my dad's birthday, he's in heaven now, It would have been his 71st birthday this past Friday. I was talking to my mom. so blessed that she attends our church here. And um, I was kind of taken back to his birthday weekends. Now, I was blessed. I have a twin sister. We both attended Baylor University in Waco, Texas. And one person's like, Baylor, I love it. Thank you. I was like, thank you. We won yesterday. Big up to bed. But I remember sitting, you know, in Olive Garden, And my dad telling me on his birthday weekend, sitting there, he would come to visit and he would say, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world, but right here with you. And as a 19 year old, it's kind of hard to understand because you're a young man. You're like, I could think of a few places, you know, Um, you could be anywhere, you have money and you could, you know and, and I'm just thinking about the, the girl I'm dating I want to see her later on, blah, blah you, know, you love your parents but you're 19 and so you don't have that full understanding of what it that he truly meant with all his heart I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world I had to like understood but I didn't understand church that I was my dad's I was his pride. That I was his joy. That even in that moment, he knew that I didn't. That I was his legacy. I was his son. I was just his child. And I may not have fully understood in that moment, but I would. Because God would give me a beautiful baby girl. And the moment she arrived, my breath was taken away. Like literally, my breath would be taken away. And they would be very easy to understand that to simply be in her presence, because now my wife will send me pictures during the day while I'm at work, or her babysitter, and I'll say thank you so much because these pictures, these pictures mean so much to me. And I remember texting my wife just this week. I texted her back, and I was like every. Every picture is so magical to me. Like when she smiles. So magical to me. And you realize the love of a father. And I would do anything for that little girl. And church, I'm beginning to try to understand like, God, that's how you see me? Like you see me like that, God, help me to understand. I will do anything for that girl. I will die for that little girl. I pray that I have a long life in front of me. That I live on mission. That whatever little gifts and talents that you've given me, that I get a chance to use it. That I want to be here for my wife. That I want to be here and see my little girl up. And I want to walk her down an aisle. but I'm willing to die right now. I really am for her. But that's how he loves us. And that's why I say that God wants to see his children in his house, that he loved all of us so much that when we go over these scriptures that talk about being in his house and serving one another and giving and being in community so that we can grow in our relationship, it's a love story to somebody that he sent Jesus on a rescue mission for. Because I may talk about giving my life. God sent his son Jesus on a rescue mission for all of us. A rescue mission that was designed for him to live a sinless life, but then to be on a cross and give his life. So that we could be in relationship with him. That's the gospel. So what is your next move, church? What is the next spiritual decision that God is leading you to? If you've never experienced that kind of love, I want to invite you to ask Jesus Christ into your heart today. That could be the first spiritual decision you ever make. I want to give you that opportunity. So I'm going to ask everybody across all of our locations and online, Please bow your head and please close your eyes. And if you've never embraced and accepted the love of God, all you have to do is ask him into your heart. It's supposed to be that simple, as scripture says, because it is for everyone. Please repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you paid the price for my sins. And I believe you rose again three days later, proving that you are God. Please forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I want to ask that we continue to keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Because I want to celebrate for those who maybe for the very, very first time as Jesus Christ into their heart. I'm gonna ask you to do something bold just to acknowledge our Lord and Savior and what he's doing in your heart and giving us an opportunity to celebrate. If you just ask Jesus Christ into your heart for the very first time, no matter what location you're at, ask you to boldly just simply raise your hand. No one is looking around. There's no one looking around. But ask that you would please just raise your hand and say, this was the moment that I asked Jesus Christ into my heart. I ask that you would raise your hand. If you were online, we want to give you a moment more so we can acknowledge it. If you're online, we want you to put in the comment section, raised hand, raised hand, raised hand. We just want to celebrate with you. Church Limited Online, you can put raised hand. Church Limited, Rockport, Fulton, Padre Island, Church Limited, Rockville, Church Limited, Stone Oak. If this was your moment, we ask that you would simply raise your hand so we can celebrate alongside you acknowledge the work of God and thank you so much for all of you who raised your hand I just want to say a quick prayer Lord Jesus thank you for the way in which you are moving I pray that our church will make a spiritual decision a move that will allow us to grow closer to you Lord I pray your blessing on that decision thank you for giving us this message, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.